So we're going to talk as if it's our last conversation. Yes. I'll go first. Okay. So um, I, I've known you like, I don't know, six years? Seven years? Five years? I actually think it's been eight. Really? Mm. Wow. <laughs> and um, I like you a lot. You have this like quality, very, very positive person. I mean, you have like a happy vibe. I mean, I like I like negative vibes too. I'm not like pro good vibes, but mm. you're one of the people I know who's got the most like positive-ish vibrational frequency. Wow, that's so different from my internal experience. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a kind of, maybe it's just a kind of like, your kind of irony leans hopeful. Mm. Hmm. Even when you're hopeless, you seem hopeful. Mm. Hmm. It's nice to hear. And um, you've also been like one of the few people that I really like who like, like has consistently made an effort, mm. you know? Mm. You've maybe made more of an effort than I have. Mm. Is that possible? It's probably with most of your relationships. That people tell us. Hello? Hello? Hi, this is Cindy calling about the new self-employed plans now offered. Oh, fuck, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. How dare you call me? (laughs) Fuck off. Kave, that was so mean. I know, fuck her. That's just someone doing their job. No, it's not. It's somebody making money by fucking other people over. We're in the middle of a fucking podcast. We should have brought her into the podcast. That was a missed opportunity. That's true. <laughs> See? See, See how positive you are? Yeah, my positive bent. I hate, I hate telemarketers. Did you see the telemarketing show on HBO? I did. Made me like them more. Yeah, me too. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you go next. Okay, well, uh, it's interesting you wanted to do this because I think about you dying often. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> of my age? Yeah. My advanced age? You're my oldest friend. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah. So Or my oldest close friend. So uh-huh. every time I'm with you, I think about Kaveh's going to be my first friend to die, most likely. Mm. And uh, so I always kind of have this, like, urge to take a photo of you, <laughs> to remember you. Um, but then I feel a little weird doing that because most of the right time, now? yeah. Yeah, well, your phone or my phone? Of, I'll take one of us. It's a good idea. Everyone should take a picture of everybody before they die. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm always trying to like sneakily take photos of you so that I can like remember. Oh, you don't have to sneak it. I know, but it always feels like it's breaking up the flow. Also, like I'm not present, so I also don't want to be taking photos. But I'm. It's. The main point is that I am thinking about how um, sad it will be when when you die, and it'll be my f- and it'll just be the beginning of one close friend after the next oh, yeah. dying. But the thing about being present, mm. I I don't maybe I don't understand this concept, but it seems like if you want to take a photo, mm. that's being present. That's true. And then to not do that is to not be present. Well, yeah, I know. You're just breaking up the, like, conversation by, like, looking at your phone and doing a thing. And, yeah. And breaking it up, but you're also just being honest about where you are in the conversation. Yeah. 
I guess I could be more honest, be like, I'm thinking about your death, so I'm going to take a photo to look at after you die, you but, but you would like that, probably. I would. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've been thinking about it, and um, I think I will show your, uh, I will show the show about the show to my grandkids. Oh, yeah? And I'll say, like, I knew him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I'm going to try to keep your legacy alive. Yeah? Yeah. And your grandkids will be like, you were so cool. We hope, or they're going to be like, this guy is messed up. <laughs> they're going to be like, this is really problematic, or whatever the next new word is for problematic. Um, and I'm going to be like, well, he was really honest. <laughs> yeah, then hopefully they'll show their grandkids, and then maybe they'll forget, and it'll end there. Uh-huh. When we did that uh, live event, and you did that talk. Ah, uh, yeah. The thing? Yeah. Which was very good. Thank you. Uh, I liked it. Do you have a recording of it? I do. Oh, great. It might be good to play in this podcast. I think we should. Yeah. Maybe as a bonus or something. Insert here. <laughs> and then we'll pick it up. After. Maybe we should listen to it. But anyway, go on. Well, you know, you talked about like almost being offended that I never sort of like came on to you. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was more that like from seeing your work, I thought that was going to happen. Uh-huh. So I was like extra prepared for it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then when it never happened, it was also it was almost like anticlimactic or surprising. Not that I even wanted it to happen, but uh-huh. then I became cu- more curious about why it didn't happen. Because uh-huh. I see you hitting on a lot of younger, you know, uh-huh. people you like. And yeah, so it was surprising. Uh-huh. Not that it was. I think it was good. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I just never really thought. I mean, maybe there was a, a minute when you f- I first met you where I was kind of like, she's cute. 60 seconds. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like Great. early on. Yeah, yeah. There was a little bit of like um, attraction or erotic energy from my part. But very quickly, it just, I don't know. It was just like, it was just like, that's not what it, what this is. Yeah. And I think I just got, I was just taking your cues, really. Yeah. And, but then when you brought that up in the thing, I was like, oh, maybe I, I was wrong, or maybe I shouldn't have. Or then mm. it like, it kind of like opened this door that I had shut. Mm. No, you definitely shouldn't have. Yeah, okay. just, the door is shut. But, <laughs> well, it's interesting that like, I feel like when there's like a younger, aspiring female artist and this like older, more established male artist, like that dynamic is always like somewhat present and you have to really like work to close the door. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just keep thinking about my dad listening to this. I'm sure he's going to listen. <laughs> I know he's listening. <laughs> he's even though I try to hide it, he's going to look, he's going to see on the feed, but and, and what are you worried about him thinking? Well, now I'm just thinking about my dad thinking about me as a sexual being oh. <laughs> <laughs> with someone his age. Oh yeah. Well, no, you're a little younger. Um, Anyway, so, um, and then I guess, it, I, I think when you think about things you want to say to people before you die, yeah, I think there's the things, like the nice things, mm. and then there's like the irritations that you never expressed. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, they're small. I wouldn't okay. express them. But I'll tell you one. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you don't want to hear this. Well, I'm just like, I've already been having a hard week. But okay. Let's hear it. Yeah. It's not that bad. Okay. Uh I remember we were at like um, Sean Glass's house. There was a screening. Yeah. And I was screening something. Yeah. I forget what. Mm-hmm. And you were sitting in this one area mm. and you were like making a lot of noise. 
During the film? During the screening, yeah. You were, you seemed a little bored. Uh. And you were doing something that was like um, kind of what I would call rude. Okay. In the sense that it made noise. You know, I, I don't know what you were doing. Some, it was the equivalent of like somebody chewing or eating popcorn or something during a, a, or opening a bag that makes a lot of uh, noise during, uh, during a film. Uh. It was just something, and, I, and that's one of my really big pet peeves as well, especially if I'm trying to screen something and especially yeah, yeah. if it's a test screening yeah. and somebody makes noise mm. that is distracting from the thing. Like a few things make me more angry than that. <laughs> I get that. And you were doing that. And I was so mad. And I was like, who's doing that? And I was like, it's Bianca. Oh my God. And then I was, I remember thinking like I had a slight shift of perception about you. Like I was like, oh, Bianca, somebody. And I think, I think, I think what I realized that day, and I, I think I've noticed it again, it's a kind of like impatience. Mm, mm-hmm. Like you, you kind of have like a, yeah, like an impatience about certain things. Like if you're not like, grabbed mm. you kind of immediately kind of like you have a quick definitely yeah. yeah and i think that's fine i mean i'm, I'm impatient too but i think i think i wanted to just encourage you mm. to maybe i don't know maybe try being more patient mm. mm-hmm. i just think patience is like a good thing yeah yeah i'm working on it how does one improve that meditation or just sort of forcing your brute force i don't know i think it's more like curiosity about about patience like what that would look like or something yeah it's interesting i don't think brute force is the way mm-hmm. curiosity about what patience would look like yeah or what's behind or what's yeah like what's well i think it's good to be in touch with your boredom yes i do too and then so when you've realized that you're feeling bored it's about just like embracing it yeah the, the Course in Miracles has this line, mm. which is, only infinite patience brings immediate results. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think, I'm talking about art here. Like, I think that this girl, Lily, that wrote that letter mm. I was talking about, she invited me to this, like, artist group thing. Mm. Some artist guy does this Wednesday night thing. Mm. Or just come and people do, like, different, like, presentations about different things. Cool. So how does this tie back to the to the patients? Well, the guy who was running it said, oh, hey, I'm a fan. If you ever want to do a thing here. Mm. And Lily was like, oh, you should do one. And then I was thinking about it. And I was thinking, you know what I would like to do one on? How to be an artist. Mm. Like what that means. Because mm. I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the essential things is patience somehow. Patience to wait for your work to be good? No. Or to finish a project? No, just patience in every moment. Hmm. Like, I think that's that's part of it. Yeah. It's a relationship to the to time. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. It's an interesting tension because I think that I'm often pursuing interesting experiences in a way that feels like maybe it's going against the flow of fate. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And and it's a question of do you will, how much do you will interestingness into your life or do you just accept Uh the flow of the The boring? (laughs) That is there. Uh, Yeah. And I feel like if I were not impatient or pushing for something interesting to happen, then maybe I would be stuck in a less interesting life. 
but well, I think it's fine to push for interesting things to happen. Yeah. But I don't think it's that's being impatient. Right. But I think I'm being defensive right now. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's never easy to hear oh, that, critical that hurt? feedback. No, it didn't. But I've been in a more self-conscious yeah, moment. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. I think I think I was feeling self-conscious. I think I was feeling a little bit... I think I was trying to avoid being vulnerable by mm. like putting it on something on you somehow. Like, no, I mean, it's I, interesting to hear. I, yeah, and I, it's something I would tell you mm. anyway in a moment of like dying. Mm. <laughs> but, but I think I think I want to get back to trying to be vulnerable. Okay. I think that was an invulnerable thing to say. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, I loved your thing so much that you wrote. You know, like the zine. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I just remember really like thinking like, oh yeah, because I just I forget like how good you are, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, she's so good, and I think we kind of have like a mentor relationship in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. And I kind of feel like you kind of were like, hey, I want you to mentor me, right? Kind of, and I was kind of like, okay, sure, <laughs> um, and that's kind of why I was giving that advice there, it was because mm, yeah. like you kind of asked for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. I really, tr I have faith in you. And when I think about dying, I think like, and talking to you, I feel like you're gonna do great things. And I want you to know that I think that. Oh, it's gonna make me cry. <laughs> I mean, you've already done great things, but I think you will continue to do great things. I also, I don't know if I've ever seen you cry before. Mm. Have I? I don't think so. I think, so. Um, I think one of the fears of being an artist is like that it's going to end, right? Like even if you attain some moment of artistry, like what if that's it? And then mm -hmm. you dry up, right? Mm -hmm. I've had this my whole life. Mm. And I've also noticed like it doesn't. Like mm. It just keeps going somehow because <laughs> it's something in you, right? Right. Or it's like, it feels like it's a race against the clock. Yes. Before you die, like a racing sensation. Hence the impatience, maybe. Yeah. But I think impatience is also a kind of insecurity or something about mm. that it will naturally happen. I, I know this artist, a great artist, mm. a real artist named Philip Noel, painter. And he said to me once, like, when you're not doing work, do you have faith that, like, It'll come, it'll come later and mm -hmm. it'll, by itself and it'll mm -hmm. be fine. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me neither. I'm like, I got to make it happen. <laughs> right. Or it may never happen. And he was like, well, I don't. I actually know it's going to happen. And I can just like relax and I can go fishing or whatever. Right. And I know I'm going to, I'm going to do art again. Like as soon as I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, I don't have that. And you still don't? I do more and more. It's not that I, yeah, I, I do more now. And I think I can get worse. Mm. And I kind of think that's okay. Mm. Like if, if you're getting worse because you're either becoming dumber or, or number or whatever you are losing. Yeah. That's also part of art. Right. It's part of reality. It's part of being who you are. And I think you can trust. I think you can trust that whatever you feel or do will be good because you have that thing that, you don't need to find, you know? 
Mm. And I think even you're like struggling, that's, that's just not part of it. It's just like, a, it's an essential part of it. So even when you're like feeling like, you know, this is French word, désœuvré, do you know that word? Mm-mm. It means like the oeuvre, it's like mm-hmm. without an oeuvre, like you're, mm-hmm. you're without your opus. You're mm-hmm. basically, <laughs> you got nothing. Right. The key is struggling without falling into complete despair. Yeah. And you fall into despair sometimes. Um, I fall into anxiety more than I fall into despair. Like a sort of like, I don't know, I don't know, ah, that sort of sense. Which despair is the best word I have for it. Yeah, I, I have faith in you. It's like, also, I think both you and I, and I think all are really, but like, like novelty is important. And like the thing that we want to make or need to make hasn't been invented yet. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of, always kind of frustrated because we're like looking for the form that doesn't exist yet. And some people don't do that. They just kind of like take a form and right. just right. go with it. Yeah. But I don't think you do that. Mm. So there's always going to be these kind of like frustrating zones of mm-hmm. being between forms. Mm-hmm. But I, I trust that you will keep finding new forms that are adequate to your to your being or to the outline of your being. Mm. Do you believe in the afterlife? Totally. So do you think you'll be wa- like watching me? Yeah. Aww. What's your conception of the afterlife? Will you be consume- continuing to consume art from the afterlife or does it not work like that? Like, can you see what your friends are working on? I don't know. I don't have a real clear <laughs> okay. notion. You just it. believe in something that your energy is going to continue somewhere. Yeah. And where does that belief come from? Uh, drug experiences, mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I should do more drugs. Um, yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> yeah. You, you haven't done a lot of drugs? Well, I mean, we've talked about my, my jealousy of your creativity when you're, when you smoke weed. Uh, lately, not so much. Just really? Yeah. <laughs> You've been getting anxious or? No, I don't get anxious. I just don't get that high and I don't get that creative. Yeah. Like I'll have one, maybe I'll have one good idea. <laughs> well, in the old days I would have like 30. Yeah. So I do see a lessening of. of Interesting. Of I wonder that. why. Maybe I just smoked too much. I did. I did always love your journal when you would get high, and it would be like oh, yeah? in italics. I'd always be embarrassed because I, so, I always felt like I sounded so pretentious. Yeah, but then you had that like whatever it sounded like. It was like oh well, he's high. Yeah, yeah. So you had that. I don't know, escape from yeah, well, escape yeah. from. Because basically, it's like I am a great artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's like oh, like that's the real sort of like id talking, yeah. and it's okay because yeah. the the weed's helping him access that. So I'm not judging him for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so different. Yeah, um, but because of my relationship to anxiety, it's been right. it's hard to do. Huh. So, but maybe I just need to conquer that anxiety. You don't seem anxious. That's nice to hear. It ebbs and flows. It's nice having a female friend. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. How is it different from a male friend? I don't know. It's like um, male friends are are very simple. And straightforward mm. it's like it's just what it is mm. female friends is kind of like 
other dimension. And I think the the fact that it's not romantic-ish hmm. is like a an aspect of it that you don't have with a male friend. What do you mean? You mean by by their being potential for sexual tension and then yeah. deciding, choosing to not go that route, it can be a deeper connection or something, or it's a different kind of connection. My first reaction to what you were saying was like, I don't believe that it's any different. Like, I don't, oh, I yeah. don't want to play into the stereotype that women are like mysterious and multidimensional and men aren't, because I've had that experience with just every human. I don't know. They seem different to me. Hmm. Different uh, way of relate, but maybe you're right. I mean, I've had that experience with both men and women where there's sexual tension or the, there's like potential for a sexual relationship that is not. With women also, you're saying. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, I think if maybe if one was however bi, yeah, yeah. I would have that yeah, thing yeah. too. But I don't. What, how does it, so how does it change the relationship? Like, I don't know. It's like. I, I really like women and I like feminine energy. Mm. It's just like, I don't know, it's just different. And usually it's sort of complicated by erotic tension or desire. Mm. So when it's not, mm. you can just kind of like enjoy that energy. Yeah. And there are not a lot of guys that I enjoy hanging out with, but I, I think I'd rather hang out with you than with almost any guy. What about like Maxwell or Jacob or? No, you. It's not the same. No. Oh, poor Maxwell. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what is it about the feminine energy that feels different? How to put it in words? It's like, um, I don't know. It's, it's gentle. It's like. Um, Maybe the intimacy you've experienced with every sexual relationship you've had in the past uh -huh. is projected onto that relationship and it's a feeling of security. Maybe. But like me, you and Sharon went on that walk. Right? Yeah. Like if I went on that same walk with two guys, mm. it would have been so different. Mm. I don't know how to explain it. And it, it could have been, you know, interesting and, and nice. Also, there are guys who are like much more feminine and have some of that energy where it feels more like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I think I'm like that. Feminine energy. Yeah. I think I have kind of a masculine energy. You do? Yeah. So maybe like it's, you were saying, like it's just that. Patients. Maybe it's just like I'm feminine-ish and you're masculine-ish and like somehow like we're on a similar... Mm, it's like a nice blend. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, can I change topics? Sure. One thing I really appreciate about you is that you'll always tell me what's going on with my exes. <laughs> Did I give you an update? Well, it's like, I don't feel shame in front of you ever, actually. Oh, yeah. Because you're so shameless. Yeah. And you're always, like, putting that out uh -huh. that I feel, like, really free. Uh -huh. Like, I could say anything. Uh -huh. And, for example, when I talk to my peers who are my age and I want to know... Have you seen my ex? Uh -huh, uh -huh. What did they say about me? Uh -huh, Have they uh -huh. heard my podcast? Uh -huh, like, uh -huh. um, I feel very judged for uh -huh. asking. I was like, why aren't you more mature? Why aren't uh -huh, you over uh -huh, it? Uh -huh, like, uh -huh. you have a partner. How can you like, um, be asking these things? And with, and they won't tell me out of this. What huh. seems to me like this sort of almost like arrogance, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this, like, you know, 
I'm going to keep these two worlds separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas you're just like fully honest. You're just like, oh, yeah. Like he said, he hasn't listened to it. I talked to him this like yeah. <laughs> this many weeks ago. And it just makes me feel better. Like it's not like we're hiding these two different worlds. It's just like completely like, yes, this is the messiness of life. There's a shared friend. And I'll just tell you if you want to know if that's your way of processing and getting over this thing. If you'd prefer to know, then you just... It's almost like you trust me to know like how much information I need mm. and you'll just tell me, which maybe my friends don't trust me and maybe mm. they're right for it. Mm -hmm. But I do appreciate that. I'm like, Kaveh will just always tell me the truth when I ask no matter what and he'll usually give me the information. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of my friends won't do that because mm. they're like, and maybe they think it's, it's like they don't want to betray the privacy of the other person. Mm -hmm. But with you, everyone comes into an interaction maybe knowing that there is no privacy. Yeah. And there's <laughs> that obviously comes with its pros and cons. Yeah. But yeah, people tell me that they don't feel judged by me. Yeah. Which is nice. That's a nice thing to hear. Yeah. Yeah. What's, is there anything good that comes of judging people? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm feeling the need to like perform for this podcast a little bit. Well, I understand That's that. Fine. Yeah. Me too. I've sons of my eyes. What What is your vision of like a good performance? Hmm. Mine is always just more more emotional and more vulnerable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what? Well. It's crazy, like, the simplicity of just someone saying, like, I believe in you, how moving that is. Uh -huh. It's like nothing anyone, people never say that to each other. Maybe I should write 10 emails after this of, like, people who I believe in. Uh -huh. But that's also different from saying it in a very genuine way. Yeah, I've had a few people in my life who believed in me, like, when I was younger. Mm. And that really made such a huge difference. Really? You um, still think of them now? Yeah. Who were they? Well, I had this Joyce teacher. Mm, the one who let you wear the slippers? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she believed in me. And I was like, I was, I don't know, 20. Did she tell you that or you could just feel it? No, she told me. I mean, she didn't use those words. Yeah. But she would say things like, you remind me so much of James Joyce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically, yeah, I know you'll do great things. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I don't know why she thought that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I hadn't proven myself in any way right 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 it's just someone's spirit yeah mm. and then there's this guy he wasn't that rich he was like a film guy in france and i showed him the film i made it was a super eight film mm. and super eight there's no negative it's mm. just so there's only one copy of it mm -hmm. and if you damage it it's, it's it's over yeah and every time you put it in a projector like it gets a little more damaged so this is kind of thing that people want to screen them. Hmm. I showed him a film I made, and he said, "That's that's a really great film. You really should preserve that, so nothing happens to it." And I said, "Well, I can't afford to. It's just like expensive. And how much does it cost? Is it like a thousand dollars?" And he took out his wallet, and he wrote me a check for a thousand dollars. And he said, "Here, I want you to I want you to make a copy of that." Asked me for nothing in return. Wow. I never saw him again. Wow. Like, it was just... This, this is guy. a random man in France? Well, <laughs> I reached out to him because he had made a... He, he was a producer, and I wanted him to produce something. Yeah. And he actually, he actually tried. Yeah. And I didn't get the money in 
but I just never saw him again. But he just like, he just recognized right away that that film was good and important mm. and is willing to spend a thousand dollars to preserve it. Like that, that moved me so much. Mm. Um, like he put his money where his mouth is. Mm-hmm. But things like that, they just like, I don't know if I'd even have the confidence I have without that. Right. The other thing I guess I want to say to you is like, and this is like me going back into mentor mode because mm. <laughs> I'm dying. So yeah, gotta, yeah. This is it. Yeah. Like, I really think confidence is kind of the key ingredient in art. Hmm. And I think the greatest artist that I, that's alive mm. right now, <laughs> or at least used to be alive. He's still alive. But one of the, my favorite artists in the world is Frank Black. Okay. I don't even know who that is. He's the lead singer for the Pixies. Oh, okay. And I think the reason he's a great artist is because he's just like really confident. Hmm. You mean confidence without tipping into arrogance? He tips into arrogance. Because mm. <laughs> I feel, I would amend that statement and say, I feel like you need the right blend uh-huh. of confidence and humility. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need to constantly be doubting to make your thing better, to yeah. as good yeah. as it can be, to less possible second. So you can't think your thing's good. The first, but yeah. he, he has a song called Jeffrey with one F. Yeah. It's not his best song. But the lyrics are just, Jeffrey with one F, Jeffrey with one F, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. <laughs> and does it again. Jeffrey yeah. with one F, Jeffrey with one F, Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, told this story in an interview, he said, um, the sound recordist in the studio said something like, uh, not your most inspired lyrics. <laughs> and he said to him, actually, those are my most inspired lyrics ever. <laughs> he knew. Yeah. Well, because it was just the most ridiculous thing to say. Like, that's yeah. pure inspiration. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it completely went beyond any kind of thinking rationally about that. And, and he knew that that was good or yeah. good enough yeah and he didn't care he liked it jeffrey with one f it brought him joy it, that turns me on yeah <laughs> and i was so impressed by that yeah and he said all these dreams about him he was like my uh he was like a figure in my dreams of huh. like a an artist figure like a mentor figure in my dreams yeah and he would like he was always just more confident than me yeah and i think i really learned that gradually not, mm. not in, one, in one swoop mm. But like now, when I have an impulse, I kind of don't fight it like I used to. Mm. I don't like question it. Hmm. And I think you're actually kind of naturally that way. But I but I also see you fighting it and questioning mm. it a little bit more than you need to. Mm. And I would just encourage you to like go with it. Mm. I mean, even the thing you were talking before about this thing last night you were upset about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I don't have the confidence to, like, because I wasn't there meeting these people, it's, like, never going to happen. Right. Or even just the confidence to be like, you know what? I don't want to go to that right now. Yeah, I don't need to go to that. Yeah. It's, I'm just not going to, and it's yeah. still going to be fine. And I'm really sorry. Yeah. I just really have this need right now. Oh, oh, that I don't want to go to dinner with my boyfriend's mom? Yes. Oh, you think I should? It's interesting, because I was criticized recently by my dad for being too selfish. No. So I was coming off of that criticism and feeling like I gotta fall. No, 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 no. You think I shouldn't have gone to dinner with my boy? Should we give the audience some kind of? I need to close this curtain. Okay. But you can give the audience some context, maybe. Oh, just that. Do you want to do it or me do it? I was at an event 
last night where there was a lot of interesting people I wanted to talk to and I felt a lot of creative potential by meeting them. And I had already planned a dinner with my boyfriend's mom. And the entire time I was at dinner with my boyfriend's mom, I was feeling so upset. But I was like, that's an opportunity to be more patient, to just be more confident, except, but you're saying I, mean I should have been more confident <laughs> in just ditching my boyfriend's yeah. mom and just go, staying yeah. at yeah. the thing. Yeah, because that's, that's what your desire was. That's what your like, yeah. being was wanting. And even if like nothing came of it, it would have been valuable for you to do that. I know, yeah, well now you're just making me feel But next time. Really? But that's so mean to the person you already had plans with. Yeah, but art isn't about selflessness. Yeah, so I should have just been like, sorry, there's a moment of artistic potential yeah. here. Yeah. I can't come. Yeah. And, wow. and you're an artist, and you're going to sometimes do things that don't fit right. like normal standards of behavior that hmm. are, are basically not artistic standards. Hmm. That's interesting. So hard to square that with like, being a good person. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why the art path I think is very different than the the path of of ethics or of well, yeah. Or or even of But what about when people accuse you of being selfish? Well, but you everyone is selfish. Yeah. So there's the people who are frustrated because they're not doing what they want. Yeah. <laughs> and people who are just doing what they want and pretending they're not. Yeah. Basically, and then the people, and the very few people who just do what they want and they're honest about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I could have just texted his mom and been like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, there's this thing, this opportunity, this opportunity came up. Yeah. It's really important to me. Yeah. I care about you. Yeah. And I really would love to have dinner, but maybe we could Another. do some other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hope you understand. Yeah. Yeah, you could have done that. I could have. All right. But yeah, I don't think... I think art has a different morality than morality. And there is a value to art. But where's the line? Like, what if people are dying? I mean, I guess I don't believe in killing. Yeah. Like. So that's your line. Do you know that art piece about the guy who did the tattoo on, on people's backs? No. So this guy did this piece. I just think it's, I think it's a great piece. Yeah. He basically would go to, like, poor countries and go to people and say, I'll give you $100 to let me tattoo a horizontal line across your back. Uh, exactly like four feet off the ground. Uh-huh. And then he got like a hundred people to agree to this. Uh-huh. And they also had them all stand together, side by side, with their shirts off uh-huh. from behind. Uh-huh. And made this piece of all these people with a line going across their back to the exact same height. Mm-hmm. And they'd all been paid because mm-hmm. they were poor. Mm-hmm. And it was this piece about work and mm-hmm. exploitation yeah, and yeah, colonialism yeah. and yeah yeah is that guy there was a new yorker profile about him i don't know i, think I, yeah. I don't i don't know don't much about him except mm. that he did this piece mm. and i thought what an interesting piece like mm-hmm. that just brings up so many interesting questions yeah to me like that was so that he was paid good. them all he paid them how much did he pay them you? like a hundred dollars mm. like for them a lot but mm. also for us like outrageous yeah right and just like you know, it's, it's a form of slavery, you know, right. slavery right. adjacent. Yeah. Um, but to me, like, that's okay, ethically, because he's, he's saying something important. So it's worth it. I think so. I mean, you know, they didn't have to do it. Yeah. They were like, yeah, I'll take $100 for mm-hmm. a line across my back. Mm-hmm. It's going to take her a little bit and take like an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the aesthetic life versus the moral life and yeah. the fact that like most people are driven by one over the other at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like your dad is the moral life. I don't know. I think he was maybe having an anxiety moment about I mean I, I it was his seventieth birthday uh-huh. and I su- surprised him by dressing up in a disguise in a way that was really fun and that was kinda like my gift to uh-huh. him. Uh-huh. But I didn't make him a card. And he was hurt by that? I think so. And we were at his girlfriend's house and I like wasn't doing enough dishes or something. Uh-huh. Wasn't like you know, I was just kinda tired and not <laughs> helping out enough, I guess. So I don't know. I think I think people are all selfish and there's this weird myth that we're not supposed to be or that we're not. But like I have I know certain people who are just like have moments of extreme and inspiring generosity. Well so I do too. Yeah. I mean sometimes I'm that way. <laughs> it's okay to be like, but not now. <laughs> it's okay. And also the like, cost is too great. I mean you know, Kant says that like He's trying to reconcile morality with freedom. Mm-hmm. And he says, basically, like, it's selfish to be selfless mm. because you're you're benefiting from it. And there's no contradiction here. Like, he doesn't have to be like, I'm going to be selfish, I'm going to be selfless, I don't know, I can't decide. He's like, they're the same thing. And if you understand, like, you know, how things work, you know that it's, I mean, even just the social contract, the idea that it's in your interest to follow the rules, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever, you know, imposition on you there is, it's for your own higher good, right? And people get into fights because of how they're, what they're prioritizing as the good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I was prioritizing quiet at that screening. <laughs> right. And you weren't. Right. <laughs> and so we just had a different idea of what the good was there. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes it's in my, I, I want to be kind or good or loving or generous. I want to, it makes me feel good, Mm. but that's completely selfish. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's right. It's like, it comes out of, it comes out of you organically. But when you're trying to make, to be nice, when you don't feel it or be generous, when you're not, it's, I think it's always wrong. Hmm. Like you should, you should give out of gratitude and generosity, not out of like obligation yeah i'm thinking on i'm thinking about just like greed in general though and how like fucked the world is (laughs) i think that's partly because people are so encouraged to not be selfish that Uh they kind of like overcompensate and like it almost becomes like a the greed is like a an illness oh interesting by not just being honest about the selfish instinct yeah it's like a perversion of of desire Just like if you repress you your sexual desires. You think if we could desires. just all agree on the selfish instinct and make better rules and limits? Yeah, I think that would make things better. That. I'm just, you just could, even the term selfish. Like people shouldn't be called people selfish. It's like, it's just a. It's like calling someone hypocritical. It's like saying yeah. you're trying to survive. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to survive and be happy by getting things you want. Stop. Be shame, sadder. Shame on you. Be sadder and more miserable. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then a lot of people who are generous and giving, like you're saying, is probably not for pure reasons. Yeah. Just they want to be seen a certain way or they I sometimes have people like offer to help me edit and stuff. Yeah. And then like one day like they hand me the bill. <laughs> I really? don't mean literally. I don't mean literally. Yeah, With yeah. money. But like like the like this one guy. Like he helped me out for a long time. He was really nice. Everything's and then one day he was like, I want you to do this thing for me. Yeah. I was like, Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and he was like, You owe me. Yeah, he's like, yeah, You owe time. me. But we've done trades before. It's one thing. If you agree to it beforehand. Oh, I'm a little mad about that too. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 podcast trade. What's oh you don't like that? Oh, I didn't like it because yeah, I know you didn't aesthetically, like it. but also Leon was pushing for it, and Leon was, we'll do this podcast thing about and we're going to promote Bianca's show, yeah, and then she'll do one and she'll promote our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you never did it. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So and I didn't even want to do it, but I kind of did it against my own instincts. Well, I just didn't Leon, have any episodes coming out. I know. I yeah, know. yeah. But in but in 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 fact, yeah. it was it was not even even the but then it led but look what it led to what me telling that story at your thing because you ended up telling a story about me which ended up being about your girlfriend. Oh, that's true. That's true. And that's so true. you never know what things exactly. are going to just sort of. I thought you were going to talk about the original time that I invited you to the relationship advice booth, but I didn't know you. And I said, in exchange, if you come, I will like help you edit or something. Oh, I didn't mind that. Oh, that seems and like I, a trade. And I enjoyed that event. Yeah. But that was born out of a trade. I think a trade is totally fine if it's upfront. It's oh, when, yeah. It's when somebody is like. But the Leon thing was upfront. The Leon thing was upfront. Yeah. But you just didn't like it. I didn't like it. I kind of went against my own aesthetics to to give in to Leon there. Right, because you want to be really honest about anything that you're promoting. But if you genuinely like the thing. But like, I talked about how much I liked your last podcast in my podcast. It was completely spontaneous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And organic. Yeah. The other thing wasn't. It was like, I was trying to do a thing because Leon told me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different energy. Yeah, I guess. But the story ended up being good. Yeah. How do you feel about dying? Pretty good. Yeah. The only thing is I just want to finish a few things. Yeah. And also, and maybe this is absurd, but I want, like, to organize my stuff so that when I die... Yeah. It'll be, like, easy for someone. Right. Like, to do what? To, like, have the archive? Yeah, to, to preserve start... it, to, uh, to you know, to, to put it out into the world. Like, it'll be... Yeah. Like, it won't be hard. Yeah, yeah. And really, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm just, like, preparing for death. Organizing all the files. Yeah, and even this podcast. I'm really just, like... Preparing. Trying to get my house in order so I can... So, what's been your relationship with dying over time? Have you, like, been uh, afraid of it? And then, like, the fear gradually left as you got older? Yeah, I definitely was afraid of it. Uh, like, everyone. And it's all been hallucinogenics. Hallucinogenics. Have helped you embrace yeah. it. I mean, every time I do drugs I just feel like I'm practicing for death yeah I remember in college I, I had a mushroom trip and afterwards I was like okay I gotta I gotta think about death every day and I I, I had a bracelet or I made a bracelet mm-hmm. and I'm like this is my death bracelet mm. whenever I look at it I'm gonna think about my death mm. and I don't know then I got caught up in like trying to succeed mm-hmm. you know at a certain point yeah like for a long time I actually fought success like I was kind of ambivalent about it. Is that when you wanted to kill yourself? Or no, that's 
before you were even doing art, you didn't want to work? Yeah, that was, well, I was doing art then, but. Oh, okay. I, oh, so for a while you were ambivalent about, like truly ambivalent about success and you got caught up again. You still seem caught up to me. Caught up? In success, the desire for success. I, I am, <laughs> but probably less than I've ever been. That's good. But yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I just feel like time's up. I mean, like, if you don't succeed by a certain age, it's kind of pointless. Because <laughs> yeah. you're like, I'm gonna be around to enjoy the benefit of my success. Yeah, <laughs> it's just true. Like, I basically have failed to find success at a young enough age to like really. Do you think it corrupts the work if the person making it is doing it mostly because they just want to be successful? <sighs> or do you think it can still be good? Well, the question is, you said mostly. Yeah. Maybe if it's mostly that, then maybe. Yeah. But I think if it's one of the reasons, it's fine. Okay. It maybe it shouldn't be mostly that. Yeah. And even though I've always been trying to be successful for glory, fame, power, money, girls, like on some, some weird level, it's never been the main thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that is. It's just some kind of previous lifetime something mm -hmm. so you had the bracelet you were thinking about death you had psychedelics yeah and you know it worked it, it kind of worked do you have a vision for your death or i would I'm... love to do it on psychedelics you know I'll, I'll die did that. on psychedelics mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who did that aldous huxley oh i didn't know that i don't know how to do it i mean i guess you give yourself some kind of lethal injection and also LSD or something at the same time. Or like when you're like in hospice care, you just drop a tab of acid, but I guess you don't know exactly when you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go Find out. Find right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kami was doing acid every single day, final day. <laughs> well, the, the nurses kind of seem to know when death is near, I think. Oh, yeah? But you're like so out of it. And like, I'm just thinking about my grandmother died recently. Like she's basically asleep in those final. And I don't want to get to that point. Oh, okay. So you're going to try to... I see. Oh. Yeah, I feel like... I mean, to me, like, even being a relatively healthy person, mm. life is barely worth living. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's so hard. It's so hard, yeah. That, and even in our... Yeah. Our lives are so... Are so cushy. So good. I know. It's insane. I know. <laughs> I don't know how people do it at all. I just don't. Yeah. But I, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Like, if I was most people's lives, I would kill myself. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then you wouldn't, because most people don't. Yeah. And maybe you would develop some kind of fortitude or something that I don't, I've never developed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it feels like when the quality of life starts to diminish enough, I'm just going to be like, what's the point? Like, I mean, as long as I can make work that I think is valuable, I'll probably... I think you'll stay out of just curiosity about your kids and wanting to see them for as long as you can. That is true. That is the main thing. And love for them, obviously. Yeah. Well, it was nice knowing you. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Trying to get in the mode that you're <laughs> actually dying. <laughs> There's this uh, Baudelaire poem called Le Phare. Mm. Do you know this poem? Mm. It means like the lighthouses. Mm. It's by these different artists who are like beacons in the night. And like, they kind of like pass the baton to the next generation or whatever. You know, it's like that idea. 
And there's this song by Cat Stevens called The Hurt. Okay. And he basically has this one part where he says, something, something, my son, I'm trusting you to keep on. Mm. Never turn away from the bright sun. Just, I don't know what he says. But basically, he's basically telling like a younger person some advice about basically taking the baton and going forward with it. And I always feel like, like he's talking to me. Mm. And I'm like, yes, cat. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will do the thing that you want me to do. I will. But cat is passing the baton to you. Yes. Mm. I mean, probably not just to me. Yeah. But I'm definitely like, it's a call that I'm hearing and I'm, I'm receptive to. And mm. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to do what he said. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful song. Um, I mean, a lot of people think it's corny. <laughs> But I really love it. Yeah, I guess we always, like, when you have a, like, relationship with a mentor-like figure, it always feels like when you're young, like, they're doing you a favor, you know, by giving you their time. Uh But maybe it also feels nice that people are, younger people, like, care about your work and care about you and then to see that they're... It's not even about that. It's not even about, like... I mean, that sounds like a, like it's about ego or something, you know, like, oh, they like me, I'm good, I'm important. It's really like a, it's, it's like a God thing. It's like a, God has handed you the baton mm-hmm. and you're supposed to hand it to someone else. You know, like it's, you're, there's a mission mm. that you're just a, a servant or a, mm-hmm. you know, a messenger. And there's something mystical about not knowing who your work is going to touch. Uh-huh. And then those people find you. Uh-huh. It's like you're putting out like a bat call. Uh-huh. You don't know who's going to be able to hear that wavelength. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 and yeah. then there's something about those people that yeah. they yeah. got it. Yeah. And then they come to they actually make the effort to yeah. to come into your life. Yeah. I mean yeah. you're saying before, why don't I date older women? It's just like they don't seem to have that. No, I'm not buying that. There there's almost <laughs> no older women who, who are fans of your work. Yeah. Who like are drawn to to me or to approach me or to like engage like they're it's just like i'll say to the podcast listeners i was encouraging <laughs> cave to have an age-appropriate relationship and date someone not in their 20s and uh he only dates people who are fans of his work so if you're listening you're an older woman and and you like cave's work please reach out if you would consider dating cave please reach out you never know how many people listen to your podcast a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're screwed. Well, that makes me feel freer about saying whatever I want. <laughs> it's got to be more than a hundred. Yeah, probably. On Spotify. Yeah, on Patreon, it's not that much more. They're giving you like 300 or $3 a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, thank you for believing in me. That means a lot. It's not a, it's not a favor. Yeah. It's not, it's just, uh, noticing. Or thank you for telling me and thank you for making your, uh, work. Thanks for making yours. <laughs> I know it's hard to like feel recognized when your work is so kind of hard to grasp or categorize. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yours is like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of tricky to find it and to like put it all together. You like, mean figure out what the form is or place it in a category even once it's made? Uh, the, the, both. But yeah. like, 
like you don't have an easy like an easy way people to be like oh what's bianca gaver's thing thing it's like oh well you should listen to this and this and you should watch this and you should you know like it's like Mm -hmm. it's very a little bit amorphous um so that makes it harder for people to like you know grasp it but that's also what makes it good it's like it's it's actually not reducible like that Mm. yeah i'm trying to reevaluate my relationship with earnestness right now in the in the work you think you're too earnest kind of coming from this like public radio lineage of like extreme earnestness and just the medium of radio in general you have to like really tell people what's going on instead of I don't think you're that earnest. Thank you. It's harder to do like silliness and satire oh, yeah, as yeah. much. That's true. Especially in radio. Well, yeah, I guess I was doing by earnestness, but I think you could could be more earnest. You think so? Yeah. Or more 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 honest, more vulnerable, more yourself, more just like this is it. Because you always have a little bit of a distance or ironic stance. Right. And. I, mean, I like irony as much as the next guy. Yeah, be less guarded. Yeah. It'll be interesting living in Vermont for a while. I, I looked it up on the map. It's a five-hour drive. Yeah. It's a lot. No, you're not going to come visit? I really want to. I'm just yeah. like... Yeah. You could... I would... You could take... Can I take a train? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I could take a train, I would do it. You can take a train. You can fly. The train is good. You could take the train halfway, drive halfway. There's a lot of ways. How do, how do, I, how do I not drive at all? Take the train. And then you pick me up? Yeah. And the kids? Yeah, it's easy. And we can ski? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll definitely do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Unless I'm dead. <laughs> oh, no, right, because this is our last conversation. <laughs> do you feel like a lot of people in your life died before you got to say to them what you wanted to say? Yeah. I feel like I should tell... I, everyone who died. You didn't get to. No. <laughs> I wonder when you, if when you die, I'll feel like I got to say to him what I wanted to say in this conversation. Now I'm feeling the pressure now oh, yeah. that we're in the family. This is your last chance. Okay. I mean, I, like, I feel like I should tell you, like, why I love your work or why it resonated with sure. you. Sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just think it's funny. Yeah. So few things are actually funny to me. And I think you're so good at being yourself. I think that's actually really hard. Like, to feel like there's no... I mean, like, I was thinking about what I would say to my grandkids when I show oh, it yeah. to them, and I'm like, <laughs> I knew that guy. And I think I'll say, like, he was sweeter in real life than in the show. Like, I think the one thing that's not totally honest is that you're just actually, like, more caring and uh, nicer yeah. in person. Yeah. And I think in the show, you have to play up the drama or yeah. be kind of an asshole in order to make it interesting. Yeah. But I'll be like, that was mostly him, but like actually really sweet uh, and that was why i was so nervous when i first met you it was like is he gonna be is he gonna be like the guy in the show who uh, yells uh, i yelled at that woman on the phone today well yeah that was good tape <laughs> so again we are recording <laughs> would you have done that if we weren't recording probably not there you go so there's like a a little thing that's sort of notched up for the drama which is fine i mean i would have done some variation on that but probably a gentler one yeah and i guess i'm inspired by your um belief that your own life is interesting Mm. your fervent decades-long 
belief that you have never strayed from and you actually set out on a mission to document your own life and you fully did that from early adulthood to death. And I think that's a great service. And I'm grateful that someone tried to do that um, so explicitly. Um, so whenever I doubt, like, is my own life interesting? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which I still do, and maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. But then I always think of, well, Kaveh made his own life interesting. He always, or not that, but Kaveh believed that every life is interesting. Because mm -hmm. that's a question. Or do you believe that? Or do you think some people's lives just aren't interesting? No, I think every life is interesting. I just think some people don't rise to the occasion right. of of seeing what's interesting and aligning with it. Yeah. And they actually choose, you know, yeah. boredom or to do the boring thing when they they could just be choosing the other. That's why I think it would have been good for you to go to that thing. Because it was not the thing, it was not the obvious thing to do. Right. I just canceled this dinner <laughs> because <laughs> you were feeling... <laughs> Hey, sorry, I found some cooler people. Uh, can't can't be there. But it would have, I mean, again, I think there's a way to tell that to her that would have brought you guys closer. Right. More closer than going to the dinner would have. Yeah. I just felt like I had already been late like a couple times yeah, yeah, yeah. for seeing her. I'm not on like, I'm on shaky ground, you know? Yeah, yeah, had yeah. I been on firmer ground, I would have been like, oh, this is an exception, not like a pattern. But it's also partly because... You don't find her that interesting, right? No, that's not true. I mean, of course, there's like a tenderness to the you feel toward the mother of your of the person you love. Mm -hmm. So, well, I'm not. I'm not trying to say she's not interesting. I'm trying to say that maybe there's a way into a greater interest with her that maybe passes through honesty or greater honesty right. that would make that even more interesting. Right, 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 right. About why this other event was more enticing. Yeah. And, and who you are, that you're somebody who, like, social climber. Say. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone. Hey, got to climb some ladders right now. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I'm already 30, whatever. And I, yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah, I don't have a lot of time left. <laughs> Might have a kid with your son in a few years. Got to make some connections. We'll hang out a lot then. <laughs> yeah. Um, Trying to think of other things I want to say to you. Uh. Oh, thank you for your text message when I was bicycling and having a really hard time. Oh, that was helpful? Yeah. Oh. That was really nice. I feel like maybe I, I should read the text message. Because that was like one of those moments where it's like, so I did this bicycle trip from Florida to Alaska and I was having a really hard time with existentially with why I was doing it. And so I reached out to you to be like, I was like, I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm unhappy. And you're like, no, I think it's good that you're doing it. And so that confidence was really helpful and huh. then i was like why is it good what's the point what's it going to lead to maybe i should just it might be hard to find let me see if i can find that but it really helped me i read it back like a lot during the trip huh because i remember thinking it was kind of glib and i was probably wrong <laughs> it may have been over the top but okay for motivational purposes can you tell me why you think this bike trip is noble and not a waste of time? Oh, because <laughs> earlier you had texted me, it's brave and noble and insane. Uh, and you said, 
because it has no utility. It's pure will, pure desire, pure faith. If it made sense, it wouldn't be noble. It would just be self-serving. You are serving humanity. You are valuing a dream. That was really nice. Mm. I really appreciated when you sent me that. I didn't know that. But it's funny because you said it was noble because it's not self-serving, because it's so insane. Uh-huh. After our whole conversation about <laughs> selfishness. <laughs> um, I was moved at you by that last part. You, va- Yeah, me too. Valuing a dream. You're moved by your own words. <laughs> well, I was moved that you were touched by it. Yeah. But the thing I was going to say was when when you and Anne were feuding. Yeah. <laughs> and she was mad at you. Yeah. And she wanted you to apologize. And I kind of called you and I was like, could you just fucking apologize? And you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. I already apologized. I'm not going to do it again. That's, that's all she's going to get. I was kind of, I was a little mad at you because I was frustrated because I wanted, you know, harmony. But I kind of also really kind of respected and appreciated your refusal to <laughs> to do that. <laughs> right. And, you know, with hindsight especially, it was like, that was such a ridiculous thing she was wanting. Yeah. And you kind of stuck to your guns. So, bravo. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to <laughs> put up a boundary. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's the best I can do. Well, I guess everyone just needs to be told because no one seems to really let it in. Like you're a great and beautiful person. Mm. So are you, Kafe? I wish this tear would fall on my microphone so people could know I was crying. You're so good at, at accessing that. Not really. You're so. I feel like you're able to do it when you really you do these interviews with each person. Uh-huh. Maybe for a boy. Huh? For a boy, maybe. Oh, that I would be able to cry? Boys have a harder time crying than girls. Oh. For a boy, I'm good at it. Hmm. For a girl, I'm just... For a girl, I'm really I'm bad remedial. at it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're remedial, too. <laughs> Although you made me cry <laughs> once earlier and can't be replicated. Okay. See so you on, on the other side. Yeah, I'm glad that you're not actually dying yet. I'm not. See you in Vermont. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye.